Looking for a verbal hand job? Yes, 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 yes. Release your frustrations and listen to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. <laughs> So we're live from Las Vegas. This is Lou Calgiovanni's show. I don't know why these individuals have decided to give me my own program. It's their own fault, but here we are. So I am the editor of ruthless-politics.com and in the internet discussion community, we survive Bush, you'll survive Obama. Um, I am a columnist for anti-media, and I am also the editor of WTF Magazine, and I work for a variety of publications, which I will not be giving free press to. So... Today, I'm going to talk about some issues that you may or may not agree with, but you're going to hear my opinion regardless. There was a situation in Chicago about a week ago that did not receive the type of press that I believe that it should have for the severity. So let's just talk about that for a second. Has anybody heard of the man named Lorenzo Davis, who is the former supervisor at the Independent Police Review Authority in Chicago? who previously was a 23-year career veteran of the Chicago Police Department. Now, Mr. Davis was fired after refusing to obey orders to reverse his findings that police were not justified in shooting suspects six times in the past eight years. See, Mr. Uh, Davis was in charge of investigating these specific matters. So why was he fired exactly? We have to look at this for a second and find out why Mr. Davis was fired. Now, the Independent Police Review Authority, the IPRA, you know, they, they, there's a boss named Scott Adano who's responsible for the orders to reverse the findings and uh, wanted Mr. Davis to whitewash the incidents. And since he refused, Adano fired him. And then get this, get this. Here's a guy, here's Mr. Davis, who's a 23-year veteran who had seen his own partner shot in the line of duty, Mr. Davis, who is shot and killed suspects while on the job. Ando says that Davis might have an anti-police bias. I, 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 what, what do you say to that? What, what do you say? It's absolutely ridiculous. This is, an, this is an excellent example of social shaming and propaganda being used against somebody who's trying to tell the truth. It's shameful and it is wrong. Now, can we talk about how the IPRA actually operates let's just let's just look at let's just look at the facts here for a second now out of almost 400 police shootings that have been investigated since 2007 the ipra has found wrongdoing on the part of one officer out of 400 cases and davis was fired for finding uh six cases in eight years doesn't that sit wrong with anybody doesn't that seem a little coincidental that Mr. Davis would be fired after he found all these wrongdoing by police departments? Now, Davis himself says this is of little surprise because other investigators and supervisors of the IPRA were overruled by the director, Mr. Rando, the police department, or the police board when they concluded officers used lethal force without justification. Now, it's very interesting if you look at this. Because the Independent Police Review Authority in Chicago was created in 2007 after claims of corruption and distrust crippled its predecessor agency, get this, the Office of Professional Standards. So we already have corruption in a new agency that was created because there was too much corruption in Chicago. Now, after the firing Mr. Davis became public record, Scott Ando, the director 
announced a new directive that stipulates how investigations of police shootings are assigned. Previously, which would make more sense if you listen to this, the officer involved shooting investigations had been assigned randomly to one of 12 supervisors. One of 12. That seems to make more sense. Bounce it around. Now, Ando has handpicked a single supervisor to oversee investigations of all police shootings. I wonder if this investigator might have a more favorable view of police as it is defined by Scott Ando. To me, it, it's shameful. It's wrong. It speaks to all that, that, that is corrupted the American police system when an individual speaks out. And it isn't to say that his cases that he brought forward would lead to charges. But guess what? He was, he was ultimately terminated even for raising his voice, even for deciding that these cases might require an individual to take a closer look. He was fired. That is wrong. So, Mr. Davis kind of uh, asks, do you decide that an officer's belief that he was in fear for his life was reasonable just because he says so? Or does the evidence of the witness statements lead you to believe this was an excuse? Davis says, if we don't stand back and have some skepticism, then anytime some police officer says, I was in danger, well, that's the end of your investigation. And that's not the way that it should be in America, not in a civil society, not when we have a judge and jury of our peers where individuals are not guilty until they've been found guilty in a court of law. These individuals who were killed never had a trial. They never were in front of a jury of their peers. And their cases... And the police officers who shot them will never face any higher scrutiny other than what the police officer said would happen. That is wrong. Non-stop shock radio. Renegade talk radio. Get an early start on ammunition to rip that asshole that'll be messing with you later. All right, we're back. Renegade talk radio live from Las Vegas in my very own studio, Studio D. Once again, I don't know why I have my own show, but here we are. So... I want to talk to you about a different case that came up today. Very interesting. It's published by my uh, friends at the Free Thought Project, who are uh, also work with the anti-media, which I don't agree with everything that the anti-media produces. And in fact, I'd like to have some of them come on my show and debate their points if they would have said courage to do so. But this case in particular kind of rings my bell. So if you want to look it up, it's called Crazed Cop Stalks Man and then Pulls Gun on Him for Filming from His Own Front Yard. Absolutely ridiculous, shameful, showing police intimidation. Let me just tell you what happened. There's a man named Don McComas who was standing in his front yard loading up his boat that he was going to take on the water when he noticed a Roanart Park police cruiser stopped in front of his house. And then, as this individual explained on his Facebook page, I was hooking up the boat when a police officer slowly into my court drove. When he rounded in front of my house, he'd stopped yet did nothing, then crept forward, and instead of leaving, leaving towards Snyder, he rounded the court opposite of me, then stopped, facing, then stopped and faced me for a few minutes, doing nothing but pointing straight at me in my house for no cause. After a couple of minutes, I was concerned enough to pull out my phone and hit record, and I'm glad I did. So, we're on radio right now, so you don't know if I have clothes on or not, and you can't actually see the video that I'm talking about, but if you want to look it up and... The title, Crazed Cop Stalks Man Pulls Gun on Him from Filming from His Own Front Yard. You go ahead and you have a look at this this footage. The police officer gets out of his car, an individual standing in his own front yard, gets out of his car, pulls out his gun, and walks towards the individual. Why? For what reason? The police officer says, well, 
you know, you're taking a picture of me, so I'm taking a picture of you. The difference is the police officer has a gun in his fucking hand. Intimidation. It's absolutely ridiculous. This individual standing there doing absolutely nothing wrong. The police officer wants to come up and accost him. He demands that the individual take his hands out of his pockets. Why? For what purpose? Now, what's, what's more interesting is the response by the local municipality. It's, it, to me, it's, it's embarrassing. Mayor Amy Anadu put out a statement that said, we've been made aware of this matter. Of course, she's aware now since it's exploded on social media. Thank goodness that individuals have cameras to record these things. Otherwise, they would probably say that Don McComas was lying. But now we have video evidence. So let's have a, let's have a listen. Let's, let's, let's look at what this lady has to say, the mayor has to say about this incident. To me, she completely deflects all responsibility, which if you watch the video, you'll see there's no justification for an officer getting out, pulling a gun on an individual who has not had a call against him. He's in his yard hooking up his boat to go out with his family. So she says, We've been made aware of this matter, and we are taking it seriously. We understand the concerns that have been raised by our community and others, and we want the public to know that your trust in law enforcement in our city is a top priority. As a result, we will conduct an internal review to verify the appropriate protocols were followed. We will also review our protocols because we want to make sure we're using the best practices for the highest level of safety for both our officers and community. Now, isn't it interesting that she talks about the public's trust? How can the public have trust in a police agency that pulls guns on private citizens committing no crimes on their property? You want to talk about public trust. Here's a great idea. When you, would, when you publish a public statement, and I'm a political consultant, if you would have hired me, I would have told you to do this. Admit fault immediately and attempt to make amends for what the officer did for violating this citizen's rights. And by the way, if you watch the video, you will see that the officer asked the individual, are you one of these constitutional nuts? Right, because wanting to have your privacy respected in your home on property that you pay taxes on to pay for this individual to come pull a gun on you is obviously nuts in America, according to this guy. Not to mention, she wants to review the protocols. Is there some type of linguistic language that allows police officers to come and pull guns on private citizens? Does that, does that standard imply that anybody who may have their hand in their pockets is suddenly a criminal and suddenly uh, indebted to police to have to pull their hands out of their pockets? In America, we have the right to privacy. We have a right to be secure in our homes. This individual wasn't secure in his property. This individual had his rights violated. So it's very quizzical. Why won't the mayor admit fault? And I'll tell you what will happen with this guy right now. They'll put him on administrative leave. They'll put him on desk duty and all this will blow over in a day or two because people don't care because there's too, because there are too many instances of police abusing their power to keep track of. And it's, it's not reasonable to ask people to keep track of all these things. I see my uh, producers uh, swing his finger on telling me to, uh, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I mean, I guess it uh, must mean that I'm his hero. I don't know, but uh, we'll be right back. Thank you. Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. XOXOXO. You getting these texts? Question mark. Where are you? 
What are you doing? OMG, you are making me mad. You better text me back. I'm waiting outside your house. Relentless, aggressive texting is like sending an angry robot to deliver your message. When does the robot become dangerous? Let us know at that'snotcool.com. That'snotcool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Non-stop shock radio. The station that shocks you. Renegade Talk Radio. All right, we're back. Renegade Talk Radio, where we don't sugarcoat shit. My name's Luke Algevani. I'm in Studio C because they moved me out of Studio D for cleaning. I said, why are you fucking bothering me when I'm trying to do my show? But here we are. I like the view better from Studio D. Now I want to dive right into another subject that you might find of interest. If you don't find it of interest, that's great because I do. I want to talk about Obamacare for just a few minutes. So today, the earnings report came out from Universal Health Services which is a large multi-state investor owned and they operate many hospitals. And uh, they have reported that uncompensated care has declined in the second quarter as it has for the last six quarters in a row. That means, by the way, that people are not going into hospitals and getting care for free. It means that they now have insurance, which means that taxpayers aren't paying for their care, which means that, guess what? Obamacare is working. Now, They've seen a 17% drop between this period and last year from $274 million now to $331 million then. Now, I thought that Obamacare was supposed to be the degradation of America, that America was supposed to implode because of this. Yet we see time and time again that millions of people now have health care, millions of people who were sick before can now get the care that they need, and money's being saved. What a concept. Where is this Kenyan communism that we were sold when Obamacare was being debated? I don't understand because the evidence continues to pour out. And if you look at the provisions of Obamacare, let me ask you people a question. Let me just ask you a quick question. Think about this for yourselves because people don't realize these things. Before Obamacare was enacted, there was not a a, a set amount of money that had to be placed from your insurance premiums to actually go towards your care. You could pay $1,000 a month in insurance premiums. There was no stipulation in any law whatsoever that said that a percentage of that $1,000 actually had to go towards your care. Now under Obamacare, guess what the number is? It's 85%, 85 cents of every dollar that's paid into an insurance premium has to go towards an individual's health care. Is that a bad idea? Is that something that's wrong? Do you not like the idea that 85 cents of every dollar you pay in insurance actually goes to your health care now? Oh, this Kenyan communism. We have to watch out for it. Now, I see walking into my studio, I have a couple of guests at the moment who just finished shooting another show on Renegade Talk Radio. Uh, My good friend Yogi from Street Talk on Renegade Talk Radio has walked in, as has Mr. Nelson, who is a marijuana advocate. They're joining me in the studio. They have something to add. They're welcome to add. But I don't know if they're going to be able to talk as fast as me. We'll see what happens. So welcome, gentlemen. Now think about this. Think about this. Think about all the things that Obamacare has done for people that are good. I really like to listen to this talking point about how, oh, President Obama said that he could, we could keep our health care plans. And people talk about this as if it actually fucking means something. Let me explain this to you real quick, real simply. And you can go ahead and repeat this to anybody you want. Who was to anticipate that individuals were going to want to keep bad health care plans? Who was going to anticipate that they were going to keep health care plans that are going to make them pay more money and receive less coverage? That just, to me, goes against logic. But I guess some people wanted to 
keep their health care plans, pay more money, receive less coverage, just to spite Democrats, which I am not one, by the way, but I can recognize hypocrisy when I see it. So think about that. It doesn't make any sense. And now that we've seen from this new Forbes article that President Obama's health care initiative is saving money, lives have been saved, billions of dollars have been saved. This is just talking about how individuals are no longer going to the emergency room to get their their care, which, by the way, is propped up on the back of taxpayers. Now it's not propped up on the back of taxpayers. Now it's propped up on the back of insurance premiums that people are paying. You want to go ahead and make the argument about people are being subsidized for health care and therefore it's still being paid on the back of taxpayers. You go ahead and make that argument, but you're not going to show me any data which proves that the subsidies are less than the amount of savings. That's not going to happen. So 85 cents of every dollar goes into your premiums, not to mention the fact that parents can actually keep their kids on their insurance now. Children go to uh, college. Now they can stay on their parents' premiums and they can pay a lesser rate. If you people actually have a problem with Obamacare, we should talk about the fact that it is still out of reach for some people. Some people fall between the cracks and they make too much money, but they can't receive subsidies, so therefore they're still without health care. That doesn't mean these people are moochers. It doesn't mean these people are greedy. It doesn't mean these people want to take advantage of the system. It just means that the law as it was written, which is imperfect, allowed them to fall through the cracks. Now, if you look at Social Security and the way that it was initially created, it was created for widows and orphans. It wasn't created for every single retiree in America, just as what we have now with Obamacare. It is a foundation for a law to be built upon decades from now. And Republicans have tried repeatedly, over 40 times to repeal it, and they have done, they have accomplished nothing. So you go ahead and think about that. You understand that Obamacare is good for people. It's saving lives. It's saving money. And I guess if you have a problem with those things, well, what can I tell you? Shock. Shock. And more. Fucking shock. 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 And more. Fucking shock. Shut the fuck up. Are your freedoms being destroyed? Like free speech? Shut up! Then fucking stay here and be blunt about it. Shut up! Will you shut up? right back. So Carrie and Bush are from the Skull and Bones Club of Yale. Skull and Bones, which is the beginning of their rituals into the satanic orders. Shut up. You know, uh, uh, you know, anal fucks. Shut the fuck up. Okay. John Kerry Cohen gave George Bush Jr. his satanic rights, and they lay down in a coffin full of mud to do this in. That's so you're saying that John Kerry and George Bush had anal sex together in college in a coffin full of mud. That's right. Okay. I am saying that. And it because so, so, John Kerry Cohen. Okay, George okay, Bush, okay, Carol, so, Carol, okay, Carol, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> Sounds pretty shitty to me. <laughs> blunt, do you like to be blunt? We don't sugarcoat shit. Listen Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific Standard Time. You'll hear things you've never heard before. Renegade Talk Radio. Las Vegas Studio C where they put me because the janitors are cleaning my fucking Studio D. Way to plan that out, everybody. Thank you very fucking much. However, I guess we'll just have to keep on going with the show because, well, this is what we do. Let's talk about the amount of money that's been brought into the presidential race in the first half of 2015 with nearly $400 million. It's very interesting. If you want to break these numbers down, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to cut to the, I'll cut to the punchline right now, then we'll get into the story. 
The only person who's not in this list, because everybody's in it, including Hillary Clinton, the only person who's not in this list, his name is Bernie Sanders, who refuses to accept a single dollar from these large multinational corporations. Now, all this big money's coming in. Think about it. Okay, the number one donor right now is Robert Mercer, the co-chief executive of Renaissance Technology, which is a hedge fund management company. $11.3 million donated to Ted Cruz, Bobby Jindal. What do you think that uh, Mr. Cruz or Mr. Jindal are going to have to do to pay back that money if they somehow, some way, become president of the United States? You think that that money's just going to go unheard of? Oh, congratulations. Good for you, Mr. President. I want nothing from you. Doesn't make any sense. You can continue to go down this list all that you want. And if you do, you'll see that the most money has been raised by Jeb Bush. $120 million. That's a lot of money. Well, we aren't even in official primary season. The, the elections haven't even started. $120 million. Does Mr. Bush believe that people are going to forget about the two previous disastrous Bush presidencies? I mean, I suppose so. But the reason why so much money has been spent is because... These individuals have seen what the previous two Bush presidents have done. We're going to start fake wars, which there have been absolutely no evidence for. Trillions of dollars lost. And Jeb Bush actually came out and said a few weeks ago that his brother is advising on foreign policy. What the fuck? Think about that. I don't even know. It doesn't make sense to a rational mind. But number two on the list, by the way, is somebody who I do not endorse for the presidency of the United States named Hillary Clinton with $67.8 million raised. Now, what's interesting about this, because it doesn't talk about who's made the most money, you know, Hillary Clinton between 2007 and 2014 made over $120 million. And as a matter of fact, Hillary Clinton paid more taxes in that time frame than Jeb Bush has made in his entire life. So when you want to talk about the top two candidates both being in the pockets of corporations, either financial, which are Hillary Clinton's big donors, or Mr. Bush's donors, which is obviously in the military-industrial complex, well, you have no choice, do you? And we can, I'm not even going to sit here and go down the rest of these people because to me they're inconsequential, except maybe for Scott Walker. Scott Walker is my pick to win the Republican nomination for President of the United States. Scott Walker is evangelical. Scott Walker has never been divorced. Scott Walker is folksy and people like him. Scott Walker defeated a recall effort. And not to mention that he is in the back pocket of the Koch brothers, who are now publicly coming out and saying that they view their, their activism as some sort of righteous activity. Spending a billion dollars in American political systems and elections is somehow beneficial, according to them. So if you want to dry your eyes for stuff like this, don't use Johnson & Johnson because it's a Koch brothers product. So now we're coming towards the end of my program, and I know it's just been as enjoyable for you as it has been for me. We got to talk about our good friend, the lion, the lion who was killed in Africa. Such a tragedy, such a calamity. Individuals who follow me on Facebook know that I've you know, kind of been mocking this. And, you know, you know, you want to be upset about a cat getting killed? Go ahead. I like cats. I used to own a farm, used to have 21 cats at one time, loved them, would play with them all day long. But th this right here, I can't agree with anything that people are talking about. I just I just can't. It's not it's not for me. I don't view it as such a large tragedy. Yes, poaching is a bad thing, but I want to talk about how people allow themselves to be manipulated emotionally by the media to get all spun up around this with which to begin, ladies and gentlemen. Why are we all upset about this 
We're upset about this because the media has told us about this and therefore we're upset. 200 species go extinct on this planet every day. 200 species of plants, animals, reptiles, everything. 200 went extinct yesterday, today, tomorrow, on infidium. That's the way that it's going to be. There isn't, there doesn't seem to be any outrage over that. Now, I've heard this excellent talking point. I've read it over and over. And you can see now on social media how individuals are regurgitating this talking point that says, well, I can keep track of more than one subject. So therefore, I should be upset about this. No, no, you should not. The argument that I'm presenting to you is not that you can't keep track of more than one subject. The argument that I'm presenting to you is that you're being emotionally manipulated by the media for the ends of corporate entities. That is why you should not be worried about this. You want to be worried about a lion now they're talking about his brother? What is wrong with you people that you get so wrapped up in this? And now, guess what? Now, United States legislators have stepped forward to manipulate you further for votes based on this very ideal. It is disgusting. And anybody who's been involved with this, I wonder if any of you know anything about what I'm going to talk about in the next few minutes. I'm going to guess that most of you don't. And if you did, you would, you, you, hopefully you'll, you'll take a second look and you wonder, why am I thinking this way? What am I doing? So let's get to the meat between the bread, ladies and gentlemen. Last week, four Democratic senators announced that they will introduce a bill named for the beloved Zimbabwean lion who was killed by an African trophy hunter. The conserving ecosystems by ceasing the importation of large animal trophies act. Say so. Would extend current U.S. import and export restrictions on animal trophies to include species that have been proposed for listings as threatened or endangered species act. Current law, of course, only provides protection for species whose status has listed whose status on the list has been finalized by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services. And it can take a year for the assessment. So obviously, this, this new legislation, we're going to push it forward so it doesn't take a year. That's the whole thing. They're not saving anybody. It's just going to speed the process along. That right there is going to end poaching, ladies and gentlemen. Don't give me this argument, oh, we should do nothing. I'm telling you that this legislation is pure lip service. But I haven't made my point yet, so just hear me out. Don't be insulted. Just hear me out. Follow this logic. So, of the four Democratic senators, who, 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 who presented this information? Who was it? This is where it gets really interesting. This is how you know that you've been manipulated emotionally by the media and your further manipulation is happening. Bob Menendez. Anybody heard of Bob Menendez? Senator from New Jersey, embroiled in a, in a, in a scandal of accepting money for bribes, for doing favors for individuals. Has anybody heard about this? It's funny that out of the four senators, Mr. Menendez, who has an issue with uh, repairing his public image, now suddenly, now he's involved with this. To pull at your heartstrings, think, gee, old Senator Menendez isn't such a bad guy because he supports the lion activity. But let's talk about Mr. Menendez's scandals just for a moment so you get an idea what type of person we're talking about. Now, there were two scandals that broke simultaneously. The first scandal was a lie. The second scandal is true. The first scandal had to do with a Cuban sex scandal of Mr. Menendez hiring call girls, which turned out to be a lie. A woman who said that he had hired her came forward to say that she was coerced into making those statements. Now, you can go on and subjectively say or objectively say that you believe that she was forced to say that she was coerced or even she was coerced into saying that she was coerced. If you want to believe that, that's fine. 
I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to go ahead and believe her statement because the evidence against Mr. Menendez in the second scandal is far more interesting to me. Now, this second scandal for Mr. Menendez, who happens to be a Cuban-American, involves him being bribed by an eye doctor to give visas for three of the eye doctor's girlfriends. Mr. Menendez also accepted thousands of dollars of all expense paid trips, the Caribbean, fancy meals, and hotel rooms all around the world, even in Paris for almost $5,000. And Mr. Menendez did not disclose any of this information. So here's a guy who's in serious, serious trouble, who has a trial coming up in a few months, signing his name to this legislation to make you forget about what a scumbag he is. How does that make you feel to know that an American legislator is attempting to manipulate you emotionally to wash away his own trouble? Now, who's, the, who, who's another individual on this? Somebody who I have no love for. Somebody who I believe is an absolute sociopath and a narcissist and has manipulated the American people since the very beginning. New Jersey Senator Cory Booker. I don't like Cory Booker. I think he's manipulative. But Mr. Booker, he signed his name to this legislation. Now, why don't I like Cory Booker? First of all, I want to tell you, during the midterm elections, what member of the Senate received the most money from Wall Street donations? Which member of the Senate? Cory Booker received the most donations from Wall Street. A Democratic favorite received the most money. How does that sit with everybody? You know, Cory Booker received $1.8 million, Then it was the, the, the hated, the much despised, Majority Leader Senator Mitch McConnell received $1.2 million. They're giving Cory Booker more money. And then there's John Corrin, Ed Markey, and Charles Schumer. By the way, those last two names are Democrats. So the top, out of the top five money receivers, the top donations to the Democratic, excuse me, to the senatorial cause, guess what? 60% were Democrats. So if you want to get into this partisan nonsense, that's who's being paid for by Wall Street at this very moment. Now, Cory Booker is engaged in this double-handed brand of politics for years. He accepts money from large corporations and gets the public's trust to brush this information aside by inserting himself into human interest stories to play on your base emotions. That's all Cory Booker has done. Now, Cory Booker ran into a burning house. He's outside shoveling snow. And it's very interesting how the press is always around to record these very things. It's very convenient. He also went on a 10-day hunger strike to draw attention. And uh, these are all empty stunts. And they're proof that he's more about getting good press than he is about getting good things done. The only thing that Cory Booker has done is to make people aware of Cory Booker's awareness. It is a manipulation on the system. Not to mention the fact that when Cory Booker was the mayor of Newark, New Jersey, even though he resigned from his law firm, Trank to Pascal and Webster, Mr. Booker received $100,000 a year, even though he said he was resigning for impropriety. And his associate said, well, that just has to do with work that he had done before he won the mayorship. Nonsense. Because while Mr. Booker was in office, guess what? The uh, firm that he used to work for received over $2 million in contracts from the Newark's, uh, for, for $2 million to do work for the Newark's Housing Authority, the Watershed Conversation, Conservation Development Corporation, and a wastewater agency. So Mr. Booker has a long, long, sword history of accepting money from Wall Street, from doing favors from individuals, for using the media to manipulate individuals emotionally. 
And now we have another grand example. Most people are going to say, oh, at least he's doing something for the lion. He's doing it for himself, and you're being played by a, like a fool, like a fiddle. You should be embarrassed that you allow yourself to be played in this way. And now I'd like to segue just a little bit because I want to actually talk about something that could actually help animals, that could actually do something of tangible significance. Now, I want to talk about what happened in Idaho on Monday. U.S. Chief Judge B. Lynn Windmill struck down Idaho's ban on undercover videos at factory farms, saying state legislators wrongly criminalized free speech to protect powerful agricultural groups. You people know what this is about, right? Individuals go onto farms. If they take pictures on the farms, they've committed a felony because they're exposing animal mistreatment in America. They're exposing animal mistreatment. Nobody seems to mind that Hundreds of billions of animals are killed each year. We're worried about this lion. I understand. I understand. You can worry about more than one thing at a time. I get it. Hundreds of millions, hundreds of, it's ridiculous. So do you think that individuals should be barred from going onto farms and take pictures to show that laws have been broken, animal cruelty laws have been broken, that animals are being mistreated? Do you think that's a bad idea? I certainly don't. So why aren't individuals more upset about this, that, it's, it's, it's legitimately a case of the press being uh, persecuted by the government, individuals trying to spread information. Because guess what? When we work in the press, it doesn't matter if it's unkind or, or uh, makes somebody feel bad. If it's true, that's tough shit. And all the things that they've been producing are true. Animal mistreatment, dragging, uh, hooking a cow up by chains and dragging them with a tractor is against state law. These individuals have done this. They have, uh, in many states, is still a crime, but not in Idaho any longer. Well, what do you people think about that? Do you think that's a good idea? Now, you have to consider if animal activists actually want to make a difference in America instead of fucking Zimbabwe, let's talk about this for just a few minutes. Let me just break down the information for you because there's a lot of information. I'm going to go through it real quick. There are several states, Montana, North Dakota, Utah, Iowa, Missouri, and Kansas, which all have laws which criminalize going onto a farm and taking pictures and publishing them because their laws say that the public doesn't have a right to know what's going on there. Does that make any sense? To me, it doesn't make any sense. Kansas passed their law in 1990, and it says the law criminalizes entering an animal facility to take pictures by photograph, video camera, or by other means with the intent of causing harm to the enterprise. This is one of those ridiculous bullshit lies, causing harm to the enterprise. So, I mean, if a drug dealer is selling drugs and somebody goes in and takes a picture of him and takes it to the police, oh, suddenly they're causing harm to his enterprise. When you are committing a crime, that is not a justification to say that, 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 that your, your enterprise is being infringed upon. Missouri also passed a law in 2012 that mandates evidence of animal abuse must be turned over to law enforcement within 24 hours. If it has not been turned over in 24 hours, the evidence of this abuse, it is not admissible, and they will not press charges, which just goes to show, well, what are people supposed to do? They sneak onto the farm, then they go to the police, and they say to the police, hey, I have this evidence, and if the police don't act within 24 hours, there's no case. It's like living out in the Wild West. If there's no witness, there's no murder. That's what's going on in America. Now, this has happened all across our country. North Dakota, same story. North Dakota passed a law that said it was called the uh, Animal Research Facility Damage Act, which makes it a Class B misdemeanor to enter an animal facility 
or use or attempt to use a camera or video recorder or any other recorder in an attempt to cause harm. Why? How can you speak to an individual's intent to cause harm? Is it to cause harm for somebody to want to express the truth to the public? Is it? I don't think that it is. I think we have the freedom of press. We think we have the freedom of speech. And if people don't like the truth, that's tough shit. Now we have other stuff. Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Florida, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Minnesota, Nebraska, New Hampshire, New Mexico, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Vermont, and Wyoming. Also, all over the last several years have attempted to pass these laws, and they have been shot down. And rightfully so. In knowing all of this, and knowing that the freedom of the press is being infringed, that individuals are being persecuted for trying to expose actual crimes against animals in America, in many states and that there is very little voice being presented to this issue. Meanwhile, we were about a lion who was killed in Africa. What does that say about your priorities? What does that say about your morality? It says your morality is subjective and that it is not objective. It says that you allow yourself to, manipulate, to be manipulated emotionally and that you like to be manipulated emotionally. It says that many individuals enjoy passing judgment on others and they enjoy the gloom and doom and death and fire and brimstone that comes with this passing of judgment. And I just wonder just who you people are and how righteous you actually claim to be. My name's Luke Giovanni. This is the end of my show. I'm a columnist for the anti-media. I'm the editor of WTF Magazine. I'm the national crime reporter for Examiner.com, political reporter for Examiner.com, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Ruthless-Politics.com, and the editor-in-chief of We Survive Bush, You'll Survive Obama. You can check out my following shows Probably in a week. I don't know. I have a lot of drinking to do. Thank you for your attention. Good night.